0: Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents car selling secrets.
1: Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, and that means it's time again for Walzer Automotive Group's car selling secrets. Joined in studio on my right, our very special guest
2: Kendall Qualls.
1: Very good. You picked it
0: up right away. First timer.
2: <laughs> and Andy <Brad> Bernard.
0: <laughs> Mike Gelfand. And Tom Bernard, how are you? No man?
1: shots, no nothing, no. I've
0: never liked you.
3: There we go. Now it now <laughs> I'll it feels you're like. Too busy taking home. shots
0: at Herbeck. Michael Bryant, Brad
3: Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries.
0: Did you, very quickly, Sure, I won't take up all your time, I have never seen anybody work as hard as that man worked on Tuesday night to make sure that my family, my friends, the advertise. he was busting his butt to make sure everybody had a great time.
1: So I think most people on the in the universe know what Tom's talking about, but in case you missed it, Tom got to throw out the first pitch pitch uh, when the Twins demolished my beloved Red Sox on Tuesday night. Yeah, baby.
0: Oh. Congrats. And we were up. <laughs> uh,
1: the Twins put us up in a skybox, which was a great place to party, not a great place to watch a baseball game. But And uh, Herbeck what? came up and hung out with us for You He didn't 40... like it watching it up there? I, you know, I couldn't see. I was too busy with... Kathy Chesky and my wife trying to <laughs> well, there keep is him away that. from the wine. I just kind of had a there second job. You're right.
4: So did Tom achieve 60 feet, 6 inches?
1: Uh, you were on the mound. I don't think you were on the rubber, though, were you? Yeah. And there was no fatalities. That's I good. didn't kill And he anyone. threw it farther than meat sauce did.
0: Yeah. Well, that um, didn't even leave the mound. I know.
1: <laughs> that was just the. It well, looked like he had a stroke do. or something.
0: Now, what happened was, Mike... I have not been on a mound since 1989. Oh, well, yeah. Right? I have never <laughs>
2: been on a mound. I
0: forgot that when you take that step forward Ooh, yeah. with your left foot, it drops about a foot below your mm-hmm. right foot, so she's going left. <laughs> why yeah. do
2: they do that?
0: Well, because you adjust. I mean, you literally adjust. Well, but I mean, to like, why well, have a mound? Ordered ordered. I, why do, I don't know. Why do they have a mound?
4: Well, uh, it, it allows the pitcher to, uh, better control. Uh, more velocity. That's true. Um, yeah. But you know they've they've reached a point now where pitchers routinely throw in the high nineties, and I think they're going to have to move either move the mound back about yeah. three feet, yep, or maybe just lower it.
1: Which they did or after '68. Right? That's
4: right. Yeah. yeah, they did. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Before we get into all this, Kendall's like, "Why am I here, uh, Mr. Qualls?" It's a tradition of car selling secrets that we have our guests tell the story of their very first car. So you're up.
5: Well, um, probably with my own money, my very first car yeah, right. was a 1972 MGB. Really? Yeah, what but parts. it was obviously a used car at the time. I, I bought it in nineteen Oh,
1: you're not 100?
5: 1985. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I, I look like 100. <laughs> Some days. Yeah. But I, but, uh, I love sports cars. In high school, I used to have a subscription to Road and Track and Car and Driver. Cool. And I used to take my then girlfriend on uh, days over the weekend test drive cars and she just finally told me this is not working for me <laughs> and, and then she later became my wife
1: <laughs> nice <laughs> i owned a 69 and a 74 mgb so the 69 had the chrome bumpers still and the 74 was the rubber ugly rubber ones. yes
5: yeah i, I had the chrome bumpers but what I didn't know at the time is that you have to be a part-time mechanic if you ever own an oh, yeah, MGB. That's right.
1: uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was uh, running the sales department at Maury's Mazda when the Miata came out, and the first year was 1990, so it was introduced as an '89. And like, this is my dream car. Right. It's an MGB that actually runs.
5: Yes, that's exactly <laughs> right.
1: So, what other sports cars have you owned? Have you had any other ones in the stable? Um,
5: um, an Audi TT. Wow. Um, um, but that's it. Uh, with five kids, you don't get much did of a... Did you do the minivan yeah. era? No, I didn't. No. We I did own this four Chevy them. Suburban. Okay. Yeah. It's one or the other. There's only two yeah. vehicles. Right.
1: It's either a Suburban or a Dodge Grand Caravan. And once you have four or five kids, your yeah. days are looking cool or over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Well, anyway, welcome to the show. Thank um, you. Kendall, tell us a little bit about your background. I know you've, you've been on the morning show a couple of times telling your story, and I think it's really interesting, but for... Not everybody in the world. Tom's really not going to want to hear this. Not everybody listens to the morning show. All what the time. <laughs> I know, it's
0: weird. I'm deeply hurt.
4: Mike. Some of us are sleeping. Mm-hmm. That's
0: true. Some of us are sleeping. <laughs> I forgot about.
5: Yeah,
1: well, yeah you Gail know what, Fan doesn't even get up for the Mel Jazz Midday Matinee. So. Love it.
4: <laughs> There's a reference.
5: <laughs> well, you know, I think as, as I shared on, on Tom your show before, um, a lot of people know the story. But you know, I, I started my life and and and. Really dire poverty. Uh, my parents divorced when I was young, right after the Vietnam War. My my, um, my dad came back and we moved from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, to Harlem, New York, in the late 1960s. <sighs> Ooh, baby. And uh, you know, you talk about not being Kansas but anymore. Why did they? <laughs> they- <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Okay, your so your dad was in the service. My dad was in
5: the service. He comes
1: back and he goes, okay, Oklahoma sucks. I'm gonna move to Harlem. How did that?
5: Well, no, Work. no, no. Uh, so, um, my, so my maternal grandparents lived in Harlem. Okay. So back that, back during that time, a lot of blacks left the South and went to the major cities. Yep. And that's where they were. And I went to elementary school there from first to fifth grade. I fought nearly one you know one or two days a week. Yeah. In elementary school, <laughs> and uh, it, it it was you know basically hell on earth. It, it was pretty bad, but you know it was interesting. My mom always made sure the apartment was always clean. We were tidy. Wonderful, just she said just because you live in a place like this doesn't mean you have to live like you're from a place like this mm-hmm. But she couldn't do it by her, all by herself um, we, She had five kids and um, so my father came and got me and my younger brother to live with him in Oklahoma He was a drill sergeant in the army and he was paying alimony and child support All he could afford was a trailer park in you know, a wow. trailer park. Yeah. So that I tell people that's my start in life You know I've been called trailer trash ghetto kid and a lot worse but here's what I've learned about what our country. What could be worse? <laughs>
4: Living
0: in yeah. Oklahoma.
5: Yeah, yeah.
4: Jewish. Well, well, you're my, sorry. From my there. dad would tell you that if yeah. he were still alive.
5: But here's what, I, what, what I've, I've learned over life is that uh, where you start in this country is not where you have to stay
4: yeah, in love this it. country.
5: Love it. And uh, I, I just I push back against the narrative. It's it's wrong. It's evil. What they're trying to do, and um, you know what I'm standing up against it.
0: I'm in the same boat. I grew up very, very poor. My dad was gone by the time I was seven. Came back briefly when I was 15, which was even worse, and then he left forever. I, and that's why I get so upset with all politicians. I don't care if they're Republican, Democrat, whatever. If anybody comes out of poverty and does it, get off their back. Yeah. You know, Don't be jealous of people because they came from nothing and made something of themselves. It takes a lot of hard work, so shut up. Yeah. And, and yeah.
4: a little bit of talent, too.
0: What are you looking at me for? He's over there. <laughs> what are you saying? It doesn't hurt. No, it doesn't hurt. You're absolutely yeah. right. I
4: mean, I, I, I well, feel here's like what I'm I kind say. of in the same boat. I met a,
5: a lot of very successful people around the state, mm-hmm. a lot of them with similar backgrounds, but maybe right. different skin color. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. This is what, in this country, you can still do it. Right. Yes. And That's why everybody wants now. to come. Right. Right. Yeah. And we just got to keep it that way.
0: I would love to do that. And like I said, I, you know, it's interesting to me because I get some, and I'm not trying to take over your no, sugar, go you, ahead. But i but I, I get very fired up about this stuff. You can make it. I'm going to, to do a speech over at Ascension School over in North Minneapolis. I didn't yeah. go there. I went to St. Joe's, which is no longer there. And then St. Anne's, which is also, I don't think it's even a school anymore. But that was up on 26th and Queen. But I'm going to do a speech at Ascension, which is over on, if people don't know, it's just south of Broadway on... Bryant Avenue North, many, many uh, weddings, funerals, everything at that church. And I I will just tell them, I don't care who you are, what you do, you can do. If you've got a dream, go after it because you can get there. That's right. If I can get there, you can get there definitely. No doubt. Yeah. I haven't gotten to my dream yet, and not having to work with
4: you, Doug. You get to
1: throw out a pitch at a Major League Baseball game. Leave me alone. How cool
4: is that? I heard it looked like a yeah joe ryan slider just a
0: bit outside <laughs> <laughs> he only missed about 15 feet left yeah herbeck didn't even move by the way he's like i ain't going after
1: that <laughs> well and the funny thing was he's up in the box signing baseballs oh, for everybody guy. and steve from sabre's 13 year old son's there big baseball fan he's pitching i don't know if he's little league or pony or whatever and right he comes up to get a kent to sign the baseball and Steve says, uh, yeah, my son here is a pitcher. (laughs) Herbeck goes under his breath. Hope he throws it better than Tommy. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, thanks. Hey, if you came close, that's pretty good, though. I didn't come close. Okay, was, well, of course, it's relative.
0: Although, Herbeck said it went in a dugout. It was nowhere <laughs> near going in a dugout. <laughs> well, it was did it, did it, dug it
4: trickle past home plate? I mean, no, why am I got so. it
0: to the plate. It's just I forgot yeah. when I stepped down that it's going to go left, so yeah. you got to throw it straight out.
4: From where I was
2: standing, I'd say it was probably two feet to the left. Two feet left, you think, yeah.
4: Well, but you, you did show your, your classic fearless bravado. By standing on the mound, mm-hmm. you know most people don't do that.
0: I will tell you something. There was about a 14-year-old kid in front of me. Mm-hmm. I thought he was a major league pitcher oh, well, after yeah. watching his throw. I was Like,
4: whoa! Uh, no way I can get near that one, well, those man. Those kids are, like, you know. Those kids are throwing like at that age, 80 miles. They power, are. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, they are.
1: One of my favorite sporting events to watch is the Little League World Series, oh, which I just wrapped up last yeah. week, Howard and it's so
4: exciting. <laughs> How it goes, sell here. Yeah, that's how he got his start.
0: He did.
1: But those kids are throwing 75, and I think Little League is 45 feet away, and they they equate it to Mm. like a high 90s fastball. Oh, yeah. Well,
4: that's the thing. It's, you know, two thirds of the way. So, yeah.
1: And then you get the kids that are like 4'11. 87 pounds sharing the field with the guy that's hit the growth spurt early, and they're 5'10, two Mm -hmm. and a quarter. Yeah, I know.
4: Those 12 year olds. Yeah, Yeah, they should
2: be like pre and post puberty leagues. Yeah, have
4: you
0: ever seen a grade school picture of your mother, Andy?
2: No, I don't think so. With her glass,
0: my wife Catherine's like 5'11, something like that. 5'10,
2: yeah, 5'10, I think.
0: (laughs) Her grade school picture's like. I'm doing a hand thing here. It's like little girl, little girl, little girl, Catherine, Little girl, little girl. She's a foot taller than everyone that's, else.
1: That's tough on girls. <laughs> I remember. Tough. Oh yeah.
0: Kathy Shemp, I went to Saint Anne's and she eighth grade. She was taller than most of the boys. Oh, like yeah. Jim Brown and I are the only ones
4: taller. I didn't get even with the girls till I was in eleventh grade. <laughs> and my best, finally, my finally. best
1: friend in grade school was Mark Butler and he was about four feet nothing. But he was the first of us that had a girlfriend. And, Uh of course, he's going out with Marianne Tack, who was like Mm -hmm. (laughs) 5'9".
4: Oh, yes. I I wanted to share my...
1: We'll get the conversation back. I wanted to share my Harlem story. I'm I'm from New England originally. And and I was born in 58. So this is 1969, I think. My aunt lives in Stuyvesant Town. Those of you that aren't familiar with Manhattan. Kind of the Lower East Side. It was a big housing development started right after World War II, and she'd lived there for 20 years and lived there almost until the day she died. Um, and my parents said, you know, we want you to go spend a week with your aunt, and she'll take you and you can see New York City and go through all this cool stuff. So we go to Boston, and they put me on the Greyhound bus. I'm an 11-year-old kid, Ooh. and my dad gives me the secret belt with the zipper on oh, the for inside the for 6 bucks, and he goes, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. you get off at Grand Central Station, don't get off before that, and just wait for your aunt, and if she's not there right away, just wait. Like Okay.
4: What could go wrong? Retro, yeah.
1: Well, actually, nothing did, but in retrospect, I'm thinking... I wouldn't stick my 11-year-old no, kid on no. a bus God in New God York no. City. <laughs> so either my parents really were trusting and thought that I could take care of myself, or they were attempting to get rid of me. But the, the bus in those days went right all the way down Manhattan, right through Harlem. And I remember hearing about it, and it was... You know, it was kind of funky and crazy like New York City was back then, but yeah. it was also kind of cool because the buildings were really beautiful. A lot of them in Harlem were the ones that weren't, you know, on fire at the time. But uh, it was it was eye-opening to go oh, to New yeah. York City as a, a little kid back in the pre-Giuliani days. I mean, Rudy's kind of gone off the rails a little bit right now, but when he was the mayor of New York... He really helped me totally
5: a lot. T- totally different. I never thought I would uh, want to go back. I-, I used to go back and visit my mother yeah. you know, every summer yeah. and when schools were out. Enjoyed visiting my mom, hated going to New York. Yeah, I just never wanted to ever go. And then when Giuliani became mayor and what he did, I never thought I would take my kids into New York City and walk around at night. Right.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It's just
5: totally transformational.
0: Yep. Yeah,
1: it really he made a huge
0: difference. It was fun living there. And just before I came to KQ, Catherine and I lived there at twenty Street and 2nd Avenue. Just
1: Well, that's over by Stuyvesant Town. Yeah. It yeah. Is. It's pretty and close. And by the
0: way, uh, Harlem does have one of the best restaurants in all of New York. Rayo's is in Harlem. So Never heard of it. It's one of the greatest Italian restaurants ever built. Frank Pellegrino built it. It's huh. not
2: the same place that makes the sauce. Yes, you can, it is. Uh, oh, okay. you
0: can't we get love Rayo sauce. You cannot get in that restaurant. Matter of fact, we had Frank on the show about three years ago. I said Frank, and I, he goes, "If you're asking for a table, forget it." <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I go, okay. Well, I guess I won't be going there. No one There's goes one. there. It's too crowded. There's one in Vegas yeah. now, though. There's a Rayos in Vegas now, yeah. so that's that's pretty cool. But. Yeah. I don't know. I I did. Catherine and I loved living in, you know, Gramercy Park was not that far away, you yep. know, and just beautiful
4: stuff. I remember uh 19 I was probably 77 and uh I was covering the Twins and it was the uh the first road trip to New York. So we're going from Manhattan, from downtown Manhattan to uh to Yankee Stadium. And you know, the players are all pretty blasé. They I think it was a Sunday, you know, I just remember vividly when it was Sunday and they were all reading the box scores from the paper. Oh yeah. Those were the days. Those were and, the days. And they're not paying attention to anything. You know, the skyscrapers don't interest them. Broadway doesn't interest them. And then and then we had Harlem and there's that long stretch in that you that you uh, drive down to get to Yankee Stadium mm-hmm, and yeah, and, right and over the you bridge, know man. all the brownstones and all the people uh, sitting on the stoops cuz it's a hot summer day. Mhm. And all of a sudden nobody was in their seat they were just like hanging out the window staring like they you know a lot of a lot of the white boys from the south had never seen anything like this no before. i suppose yeah, that's yeah. True. so i mean they were just amazed
0: <clears throat> i get well and that's good to be amazed
4: oh yeah no they they were just it was they were just seeing something they'd never seen before
0: i really wish that we could do, do you think for all this is for all obviously for kendall first and for everybody else as well do you think we will ever, ever, ever approach supporting one another again? Or is there too, just too much money to be made by
5: being angry at each other? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that. So I have an op-ed coming out this Saturday in the Christian Post. And uh, the title of it is, Welcome Back, America, We've Missed You. <laughs> I hope so. And it talks about getting back to exactly what you're talking about. Because oh, there's okay. going to be, a, uh, I would say, an inflection point. A tipping point where most Americans, regardless of their political back, enough is enough. I agree. It's it's going to get to that point. And it's on both uh, sides. Absolutely. Shut up, both of you. Yep. I
0: I don't know. I just, like I said, I've had such a wonderful run at the whole thing. And it's just so over the top now. I don't, may I ask you a question? I've never asked anybody this question before. And it might be, I don't think it's a tough question for you to answer. But the one thing, growing up where I did in North Minneapolis, the thing that I don't understand is, so black people are treated like dirt for hundreds of years in America, because they're black. Mm -hmm. So you're black, so you don't qualify for all the stuff. But now it's, you're black, so you qualify for everything. That's still racist. You're still judging me by the
5: color of my skin. That's not good. Well, he, here's, here's what I can tell you. The, the biggest transformational issue that we have is that the time period that you guys are talking about, 69 of it. Yeah. The vast majority of black families were two-parent families. Yes, that's right. And the introduction yep. of that social welfare program in the LVJ administration, Mm-hmm. Has cascaded to the point where it's gone from 80% two-parent families to 80% fatherless homes in every major city. I know. I think that's that, the
1: greatest example of unintended consequences ever.
5: I mean, well, I don't think the first was, decade was unintended. Yeah. After, after the after the second, third, system. fourth,
1: I, I agree yeah. with even, you. Even
5: even leaders in those communities, they're not pushing. Yeah. To get families back, they're not pushing to get. Um, you know, uh, t- tuition vouchers for ascension. Uh, the, these yeah, these yep. schools are actually educating these kids. Yep. And they're doing it for political purposes. It, it's um, it, it's wrong, and it's something I, I'm highlighting in my. In my well,
4: lives. everything is done for political purposes. It's just that it, things can be done right, and things can be done wrong. <clears throat> but we have so much corruption now, and it uh, yeah, you know, yeah. And and I mean. I, I I don't completely agree or disagree with you, but I do think January 6th was the inflection point. For me, that's that's where everything went totally upside down, and I don't see a way back.
0: I don't – you know, and again, I don't agree with what they did, but I don't see how it was so much worse than burning down America. I don't understand that.
2: Yeah, America's been burning itself down for quite a while now, it actually. It really has. Whether hey, look, or metaphysically not... or literally –
0: Mike, I'm not defending what they did. I you don't march into my capital. I couldn't agree with you more on that yeah. one. But there are a lot of things that went really wrong and it's part of what you did is worse than what we did. No, what all of you did was horrible. Right.
4: All yeah, I, I just don't think we ever saw anything like January 6th where you had uh, you literally had the president of the United States trying to overthrow our own government. Now that's to me who thought that would ever happen.
2: Yeah, I didn't see that as that. What about I, George Washington?
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there what about go. George Washington? Exactly.
2: <laughs> Andy
1: becomes the voice of reason.
4: Yeah, George yeah. Washington, Donald Trump. Sure, I get it. Same thing. Yeah. Or they both have the
2: hair them. that's un, un, unique. And the wooden teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the wooden teeth
0: would be good. Mm-hmm. That's a nice touch. And I
1: tend to have a little more faith. I mean, if you look at the good. history good. of I'm glad to the hear United that. States... It's always been kind of effed up. I mean, they used to yeah. have fist fights in the Senate, mm-hmm.
2: which would be kind of cool if they brought those back. <laughs>
1: well, sure. In this corner, Mitch
4: McConnell. I'd like <laughs> to see duels come back, too.
2: Duels, I, yeah. The best yeah. idea I've ever heard is in order to become president, you have to be able to stand up from a seated position without making any noise. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last two, it ain't going to happen, Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh,
6: not to if last, you can't not do Biden, that,
2: not, Trump. not qualified, <laughs> not healthy enough, sorry.
6: If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you, The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Cast, Caesar, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Attic, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Spotify, IR Radio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal Sixty with Dave Schrader.
4: Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company.
1: And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. Bradley's
4: partner. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi generational, family owned businesses.
0: I made a point on the air this morning that some people got very upset by it. I and I'm very serious about this. I don't see a huge difference between Biden and Trump. They're the same guy. They're money-grubbing, power-grabbing, pains in the ass, both of them, I, I, and that's how they appear
4: to so be. So you, you do you think Joe Biden is a career criminal? Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> no, i just
1: hey, asking the question.
4: Kendall, let's go have a beer. We'll be back. <laughs> is in the he town. a Who's, who's I'm serious. I, I
7: just
0: wondered. Yes, I think okay. the, he's been stealing money just like Trump, right along shoulder mm-hmm. to shoulder.
4: All right. I just. Yeah. I just. No, asked that's the question. true. Yeah.
0: No, no. I, but see, I'm answering your question very honestly. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that if you if you reach that point and you're not all about the people, then I want nothing to do with you. Mm-hmm. That's just how see, I feel see. About
4: it. What I see is that a lot of people. Are really longing for some kind of equilibrium, and I think that's a natural mm-hmm. human instinct. Yes. And and when you do that, you know, you want to believe that, for example, for every you know, for every Cope brother, there's a George Soros, right?
0: Oh, I don't want any more George Soroses. I think
4: oh, I'd rather have me. people in the more yeah. of the center yeah. the yeah. Yeah. Than oh, yeah, of the totter. Oh yeah, but this is but this <laughs> yes. is the this is what the what the discourse is that you know, and and I. I just question the fact that, you know, I, I realize it would be great if for every this there's a that, for every left right, there's a right. Right, right, right. And, and I'm not, I mean, from my perspective, I'm just not seeing it that way. But I, I, I understand that people want to see it that way. I understand that people do see it that way. But I think it's legitimate to to wonder if that's true
0: is it okay for me to be disappointed and when I was nine years old and our president was elected, the first Roman Catholic president? Mm-hmm. And then I found out he was in the mafia. That kind of <laughs> bothered me. That, well, there is that. <laughs> that kind of bothered me a lot, Mike. How like, do you so, think he won? <laughs> yeah, well, that is exactly how won, cause he won, because his family was in the mafia. I mean, it, Mike, it's been my whole life. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's been long before our lives.
4: Hey, I mean, you These know. These people I,
2: are filthy, close,
0: all of
4: them. I have close relatives who were mobbed up, so i understand that get I, out yeah <laughs> that's how you got your position on kq that's right <laughs> exactly so I got my some leverage you know yeah. all right let's
1: shift yeah.
2: gears a little bit kendall
4: back to you <laughs> yeah so. exactly well it's all part of the same discourse though is it, what is. I'm saying. Right, it is right but i i'm, I'm i'm
1: interested in hearing about the rest of your life story one thing so before you move in. on
4: go ahead you
0: didn't notice mike and i didn't punch one another uh, huh? no it's, it's so good something right. can be gained uh, by having no, a conversation Blood
4: pressure still you know like a, good, <laughs> a decent 170 <laughs> over 130. <laughs> lower than
0: 200.
1: <laughs> you guys are doing really well anyway go ahead comparatively so drill sergeant dad you're in oklahoma what's next
5: Work my way through college um, where'd you go to school in a small state school in oklahoma you know, okay. at that at that at that time, you could still afford to work, take out a few loans,
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
5: pay it back in five years, and you know, and you're not in debt for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. But I uh, went on active duty, served for five years, stateside as well as South Korea, right okay. on, on, on the DMZ. Mm-hmm. And then I, after after five years, I leave. My my both my father, and my father-in-law, career Army people, mm-hmm. said, "Don't do a Kindle. You know, they're not going to treat you well when mm-hmm. you go out." They're remembering back in their days, right. having lived through the Jim Crow South. Right. But you know what? I want to give it a shot. I, I want to give it a shot, and I got my first job with uh, Johnson Johnson, mm-hmm. um, sales on, on uh, in the biotech industry, and then sales management, and then marketing. I got my MBA at University at the, people at the U of M, was mm-hmm. the, the other U of M in Ann Arbor, mm-hmm. <laughs> and smaller um, <laughs> one Good school. Right you, you know what It <laughs> was interesting about this. Um, I got promoted to the home office. I'm in charge of a, a billion dollar brand after a few promotions there. Uh, I have a 95 million dollar budget. And my office is literally an hour away from where we lived in Harlem. No and we idea. got held up, held up at, you know, by thugs on a. years Let five me ask you old. a question. Yeah. And
1: you don't have to answer it honestly if you don't want to, but <clears throat> so you're at what, in late 20s at this point in your life?
5: So when i when 30? I go to the home office, I was in my mid thirties. Okay. Yeah.
1: Do you ever sit back and think they gave me a ninety five million dollar budget? You know what? <laughs> Just
4: pennies. Because
1: <laughs> I remember in my career when I first yeah. started to have some success, I would think, I don't really know that I deserve all this.
5: But but you know, but by that time, after serving in the military and then you're grooming your way up, at that point, yeah. it, it, it's it. You
1: were cool with it.
5: Yeah. You know, okay. this is the stuff you manage. That was, hey, they gave me a because I better do well. <laughs> that's right,
1: budget. because <laughs> it, it, it as may they not give be it, they one. can also take it away. Exactly, that's, that's the fun of say. And usually, marketing is the first victim, right? Yeah, it's always the fault of marketing. It's oh, not sure. the sales team <laughs> yeah. that falls apart. And the worst yeah. thing about being in marketing. Is that everybody you work with that owns a television assumes that they know a lot about marketing That's right. as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: I've yeah. seen those Geico commercials. I can do this. Our CEO <laughs> used to call
1: me up at Walzer. Charlie yeah. Swenson, who's really just a great guy, was a kick ass uh, chief operating officer. Right. But I get these calls on Sunday morning, phone to drink, and it's like, oh, I just wonder what Charlie wants. This is always going to be good news at 7 a.m. The conversation would start out with, you know, I'm not a marketing genius, but saying,
0: <laughs> Whoops, this is not going to be good.
1: And Maybe that doesn't happen in your world, but it did.
5: But but you know, again, one of the things that affected me, what the decisions I made later in life to get involved in politics, is that the people that helped me along the way, my personal and professional life,
2: mm-hmm.
5: a lot of those people didn't look like me. I had nothing to give them. Yeah, they helped out of the goodness of their hearts. That's wh- that's where most Americans are. I believe that too, and I, I, I'm, I'm not ahead. an unbridled
1: optimist, but I just, yeah, and and so other, look, looking at life the other way is just too depressing. And
5: right? I wanted to get in politics to give a voice of reason to what I just saw from the hysteria of, of what you just mentioned of the both sides. Yeah, yeah.
4: You know, what I keep thinking a 95 million dollar budget, and today that would be less than the budget for Chris Lindahl. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's all I have to say, Mike. I've got my arms spread out. I don't know if you can see me on the camera. Have
4: you ever noticed how, how much he looks like Matt Gaetz? Yeah, you're absolutely there right. There really is a striking no, he, resemblance. It's all you true. you just got to bring it back, don't you? <laughs> he no, does. No, I'm not. That's not a political comment. <laughs> i saying there's a resemblance. You, in, you may infer that. <laughs> no, but, but he I does. Imply. I agree with him. I, yeah, it's right really. right on the money. Because Wendy... I've seen pictures of, of both, and I'm thinking... You know, I'm I'm seeing Gates and thinking that's Why are they showing a picture of Chris Lindahl? You know, and vice versa. <laughs> Wendy
2: wants to know if you can still run for independent, or how does that work?
4: Yeah, you know what? I've
5: I've been um, a spectator of politics for a long time, and I've seen what happened with Ross Perot. I've seen mm-hmm. you don't yeah. do anything but help the um, the other candidate um, outside your own party. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think that is true. Yeah, yeah. H. Ross
0: Perot, God. You people. Remember when he said you, you people? people. Like, Don't say that.
4: <laughs> but you, you had to love his vice presidential guy.
0: Oh, was he, that was General... Uh, that was the, he was uh, an
4: admiral, uh, admiral wasn't he? Yeah, he fell asleep. He fell stage, asleep. <laughs> he <laughs> right, he had, you know, right during the middle of a debate. Well,
0: or the something. one guy he interviewed, remember the one guy he interviewed? Well, what do you think we should do about this? I think we should bomb them back to the Stone Age. I'm like, whoa!
4: Well, that was uh, General Curtis LeMay. It was Curtis LeMay. That's yeah.
2: exactly uh, who Vice Admiral James Stockdale. James Stockdale. Yeah, Vice That's Admiral. Right. Whatever wow. that, that means. I don't know either. But is that like a Rear Admiral?
4: I don't know. I
2: have. It's no like idea. an
4: admiral who commits a lot of sins. Mm. <laughs>
2: <laughs> vice
5: get it Danny mm-hmm. vice get it Here's he was held as a prisoner of war so he had Wow, well, that's true you know yes. he was he had cognitive issues because of that yeah
4: for seven years apparently that. yeah yeah
1: in the korean war wow well, well, vietnam, vietnam, oh, vietnam war now,
4: how many years did mccain do oh i think God he did
1: six or seven yeah, as well yeah it seems I think. like it, yeah.
0: He did. Yeah. yeah that was actually the first time i went Donald, would you shut up? okay. Oh, <laughs> How just... do you attack John McCain for Christ's sake? I, that's the I don't get it.
4: That's the brand. I mean, I don't get it either, but it but it kind of worked, you know, so yeah,, yeah it they're all, it's all about attacking
0: the other
2: guy no matter what.
0: It's all they do now is attack everybody. Oscar, don't you have anything good to say? No, no, I don't think so. I
1: like guys that don't get captured. Isn't that what he says? Yes, I like guys that don't get
0: captured.
4: It's like, why would you say that? Can you
1: imagine his campaign manager?
4: Oh, <laughs> God. And the pundits were saying, that's it for him. You would done. think?
0: I know. Can you even make those calls? now? Can you really? Because, you know, I'm looking at the Wall Street Journal
5: right now, mm-hmm. and, oh, this is how the election is going to go. They don't know, do they? No, they don't know. But, you know, here, here's one insight I believe that most people don't get about Donald Trump. And the supporters that vote for him. It's not like they have an affinity toward the others. I, I, I think their disdain for how the media speaks to them, Yeah. That speaks down to them. Well, I know you understand Academia that. and everything else. And God forbid you didn't go to college and you earn a living in the trades. That would be me. Um, mm-hmm. There's a disdain. It's almost like that. You're all of these guys are stacked against you. Mm-hmm. So it it's not as much as, yes, some of them love Trump and they, they want to support him, but they really rile against everything that stands against their values and who they are.
1: So do you think it was a mistake when Hillary called them deplorable? Deplorable.
6: that was another yeah, thing. Her campaign I know, manager probably went... Why would you say that?
5: <laughs> well, I think the president's going to be on, on tonight, going to basically do a you know version two of that.
0: Oh boy. Yeah, he's
5: not in a good mood right now. I don't know. He should be careful because their
0: their numbers ticked up. So maybe you should pay attention to that. I guess. I, I don't. I don't understand. I, at I all.
1: think it's going to come down to what happens in the middle of October. I mean, I, I yeah, think probably. our our memory is of voting. Block is so incredibly short,
2: that is true. It's just like it's whatever happened you know, last yeah, week is what true. I vote for. It's yeah. like
1: Bush in ninety. I mean he had won the Gulf War. he's riding just great numbers, and all of a sudden the economy goes in the shitter and mm-hmm. James Caravel says it's about the economy stupid, and yeah. it was really yeah. he lost the election in four months I don't think Clinton was a very good candidate
4: well, everybody's I think a little a little perplexed by some of the recent things happening at the polls and of course yesterday we found out that Sarah Palin lost and if Sarah Palin can lose in Alaska in Alaska yeah. how do you call anything how do you I don't anything? see that you can Mike that I was agree. not a surprise though because I mean she was trailing I was surprised
1: she was trailing by a lot but she was down 15 points and oh, was she? the margin of error is pretty
4: wide in those polls well, especially there yeah when you know, but, but if you have more voters you have the harder yeah. it is to gauge yeah, yeah. that's
5: right did not they have ranked choice voting in that mm-hmm. election yep when you look at the, all the numbers there, mm-hmm. Sarah Palin didn't lose. The Republican Party lost it. No, I think they, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah, they I, had they had multiple candidates yeah. on that ballot.
4: Well, and Sarah Palin, I think that she carried quite a quite a burden, a self imposed burden, because she's still the woman who didn't get to be vice president, and so she said, "Oh, then I'm not going to be governor anymore." And the, lot, I mean, that's that's a uh-huh. lot of people. That's what they know about Sarah Palin, and right. and they I do hold a grudge.
1: Well, I would tell you everybody, I think, knows this, that I tend to lean left, but in '08, I always liked John McCain. I thought he was able to work both sides of the aisle. I mm-hmm. liked the fact that he served you know, yeah. bravely and all this sort of stuff. He just seemed to be a voice that didn't always agree with him. And I thought Obama, while he was a great speaker, didn't have enough miles on him yet. I'm like, right. this guy is maybe the future of the party, but it's just... And then he picked Palin for a running mate. I'm like, John, what in the well, F are you I don't doing? Think, I don't think he picked I really her, thought though. he was going yeah, to pick Tim Pawlenty,
0: actually. Well, well, I, I, thought I, I thought he was, a, I, too. I did. I thought he was going to pick i Probably would
1: have voted for him. And there again, I disagreed with a lot of what Pawlenty uh, did, but I also thought he was a intelligent, very reasonable. And, and
4: think you know. about what McCain said when... Someone started heckling Obama in calling, Apple Valley. And, but, and, well, that's right. That's right. Calling him a traitor. called him a Muslim. A Muslim and a and bomb thrower and McCain all this sort McCain of. Shit. Just stop the thing cold. He said he's a he's a patriotic man. He's a good man. You know, and, he's a and Christian and, goes to church. Could you know. that happen today? No,
0: it never would. No, nobody's no yeah. going to do that. It's all about money now, Mike. I mean, it's always been about money, mm-hmm. but it's really about money now. Really, yeah. I mean, if you you believe God is dead, God is not dead. God is money. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Wow. It's if, disgusting. You're right. I mean, if, wow. if
4: corporations are people, then God is money. Yeah, Everything is turned true. upside down. I mean, it's, I,
0: I can't believe what people would do for money. Yeah. Cheat, lie, steal. And I think it's at an all-time high now. It's been bad before, but it's
4: really bad now. Yeah. Well, a lot of bad examples to follow.
0: I think that's true.
1: So, okay, let me ask you this, and I, I think you're generally right about independence being sort of a spoiler rather than a viable candidate. But how do you explain Jesse Ventura?
0: How did, <laughs> how did that happen? Okay. see, I actually i to the Tom bathroom for all this.
1: I said the reason we have to, uh, it was my fault. You're Donald absolutely Trump is right about because that. of the Jesse campaign and the KQ Morning Show. That's true. Show. Well, yeah. That, because yeah. my ex-wife, who was living in California, called me up and goes. What in the hell are you guys doing there?
4: But he did. He so did have two, two years really
1: later. I called candidates. her back when yeah. Schwarzenegger won, and I said, "Back at you, sister." What? Yeah, do yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then we wind up with Michelle Bachman and Al Franken, and it just this is a whole host of characters. It and is it's all your fault. Both of you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gal, fan. It's yeah. your fault. Yeah. Well,
4: I'm, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> <I'm glad laughs> I always thought that it. I had no influence at all, but now, yeah, yeah. no, it's you it's, guys it's,
1: changed the world.
4: But that was, I mean, that was an incredible campaign because people hated all three of them. Yes. But you're right. Ventura they hated was the Norm- guy who shut up. Wait, wait, wait. It was Skip mm-hmm. Humphrey and Norm Coleman, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. They hated Norm Coleman? No, he didn't have a great image. Yeah. No, I'm, huh. ser- I'm serious. They didn't like Skip. They didn't like Norm. Skip
1: did not have a great image, but Norm, I mean, he, I thought he did a great job as the mayor of St. Paul. You know, Skip really used did. to
0: be my neighbor, and I've never met him. <laughs> I think when I came out of the house, he'd go back
4: in the house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: You have that effect on a lot of people. I do, hey, indeed. A, a
4: politician who avoids confrontation.
0: Well, so that's good.
4: That's good. That's There's something good about it. No, he was a lightweight.
0: I think he didn't care for the fact that I used to watch his father go in and out of the whorehouses in North Minneapolis with the little bags of money coming out. They didn't like me bringing that up too much.
1: If you know what well, I mean. You know,
4: I mean, the, the thing about Hubert. It's unusual because was... most guys go into
1: warehouses with bags. Of <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huber,
4: that's what Mike told me. Hubert did, oh. dri- Huber did drive. Hubert uh, did drive Kid Can out of out of the city. You know, Kid Can. Yeah,
0: I remember well. Sydney, God, I miss that Hartman. No. I really do. His he knew Kid Can really well. Oh well. See. Really well.
4: Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, he, he always fondly referred to Kid Can as Fergie.
0: Do you know why his nickname was Kid Can? Mm -mm. He was named by the other people in the Jewish mafia and here in in Mm -hmm. Minneapolis-St. Paul... He was named Kid Can because every time a fight started, the kid headed out, head out to the hidden the can. He wouldn't fight anybody. He wouldn't hit he the bathroom. He
4: was ruthless but not a fool.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's ruthless but not a fool. That's exactly right.
4: I never knew that. Is that true? Yes. Yeah.
0: His nick- nickname was Kid Can because he's always hiding oh, the can. <laughs> <laughs> you should have done that in Harlem. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> No I, I, I think shows like this I hope shows like this are going to do people a lot of good, because you know, there are five people at this table, and we don't agree on everything, but you don't hear anybody screaming. Mike and I had a nice dissertation there, a nice little exchange of ideas. Yeah. Nobody got pissed off. They're, they're diametrically opposed, but we're going to get mad at one. I love Mike Gelfand. he's been my friend for 40 years.
4: Well, right back at you. I mean, that's, it's true. And you know, I, I learned the hard way. That Because you know, we had moments of disparity and, and perhaps a yeah. little bit of anger. But, you know, getting past that, that to me, that was a life-changing event. I
0: agree, Mike. It, we, it does not need to happen. Uh, we could no. sit down, a little discourse, and we can all... We'll be just fine.
1: Well, I told Kendall that. We were emailing back and forth. He's like, what's the format? And that's always a hard question to answer. <laughs> I don't the know the show. what the format is. And I is. said, well, here's the introduction. And we'll, I, we don't script anything. We don't have questions. But you know, we have people of all political uh, views. And we tr- attempt to model adult political behavior. Yeah. Because I think that that is the whole and it's not just Fox. I mean, uh, the, the whole TV oh, deal where they invite somebody on and then just start screaming at them. It's like, what is the point of this? Where
5: I couldn't how agree do we more. Even get anywhere? Well, I can't watch it anymore. You know, it's interesting what we're you know providing as an example used to be the norm. Right. Used to be the norm. And, and, you know, it's sad I, when I was out campaigning and, and both cycles.
1: You know, you can eat some of that chocolate. I, I don't, don't
5: want the, the munching sound. Oh, okay. oh, that's <laughs> all right. Alec, Alex brought that. You know, she stole that from the
0: Twin
2: stadium. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> so that's where she got that's, it. that's straight from the Champions Club right there.
5: Yeah, <laughs> right there. <laughs> anyway, <sorry>. Well, anyway, <laughs> I was saying that um, not just that friends have canceled each other. They're, they're really family members Oh, that don't talk to their parents, mm-hmm. the yep. grandparents. That, you know, grandparents mm-hmm. are not seeing their grandkids.
2: Yeah. Um, Both sides of my family have a bit of that going on. Uh, it's, yeah, it,
5: it's true. It, it's that I, I, again. That welcome back, America. I, I hope we get to that point where there's some reconciliation around that. God, I would love yep. to see it.
4: Well, you know, Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is now a holiday of rumination, despair, and anger. Yeah, yes, pretty it much. Is.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Who's gonna throw <laughs> the that, first punch? That's all. That's it in is. the good old days, when your like, uncle would get drunk and like. Spew vomit all over the buffet
4: table. Exactly, right? comes <laughs> to the good old days, and your uncle would fondle the. You know, well, never mind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> never mind that argument, Tom. I never actually saw put like me that. Right? Yeah. yeah, what kind of show are you on here, Kendall?
1: <laughs> Let's not invite Mike to Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but it's look. I, I have a brother and a sister who haven't talked to me in years, mm-hmm. yep. and one of them it's because of politics. Yeah, I, I. It's just why is it
4: so important to you? See, and I come from a culture where thanksgiving or any other day we start out arguing right yeah, yeah but but it's a game it's it's not life and death
0: people don't exactly. go away with a grudge i agree yeah well that's how it has to be there's nothing wrong with getting a little even little arguments it's, but it's the, the socratic
4: method part. you know that's how yeah. we educate that's how we learn but now of course people can't do it anymore because someone's going to pull out the shiv
0: do you think that and this may be a question i'd like to ask you do you think that digital did this to us because everybody can say whatever they want using a fake name, and now they carry it over into real life. It, it, did digital
5: do this to us? Yeah. The the anonymous post have yep. done that. Yep. yep. That definitely has. Um, and, and then this, this that it's okay to cancel. I mean, on college campuses, that you can't have this discord, and we don't want them here, we don't want them here. Or when they do show up, they get shouted down by the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um you don't grow that way. No. You don't learn. No. And uh, again, it's one of the reasons I'm getting involved. I, I, if if normal everyday Americans don't say this is not acceptable, mm-hmm. it will become acceptable norm. God, I hope not. And I really like, hope it doesn't happen. We, we get a lot more people involved. <clears throat>
1: Not to be all distracted, but I really love your cufflinks. First
5: of all, <laughs> I think cufflinks are cool.
0: They're, they're, you don't see them very often. But Lime for those of us cufflinks. listening,
1: not watching, he's got American flag cufflinks mm-hmm. on. I think those are good. Right. Well, Thank see,
0: you. we need more of that, too, being loyal to the country. You now, Everybody, oh, America sucks. Really? Why does everybody want to come here then? Everybody wants to come here, so it doesn't suck too badly. Right. I don't know. Maybe I'll move to Portugal. It might be better. What do you think?
1: I hear Portugal's actually pretty nice. I have
0: heard the same thing. Portugal's great, but do you know for the first three years you live there, you don't have to pay any taxes?
1: I'm That'd liking be... Portugal. <laughs> I'm liking
0: <laughs> Portugal a lot, right?
1: You know, they've done some interesting things there for uh, drug addicts, which seems counterintuitive, but actually if you look at the data, it works really well. They yes. just legalized everything, yeah, yeah. and yep. drug usage went way, way down, not just by a small amount, but dramatically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah.
4: A, it was a bold move. Well, um, as, you know, as as the uh, sibling of a former heroin addict, uh, I think that's a great idea. I, I think that might have saved my brother's life.
0: Yeah, well, there you go.
4: I mean, he didn't die of an overdose, but I, I still think, you know, I I just think that that's, that's the way to go. And we've seen what happens, you know, like when, when politicians said, no, we're not giving anyone with HIV clean needles, you know. Right. And what happened? It just, it just, the damn thing just, just spiraled. It
0: did. It absolutely
6: did. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in. Pocket Teaser, Deezer, Amazon Music. Audible. Podcast Addict. Podchaser. Google.
0: And plus the fact I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you.
3: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Did you see the announcement the state of Minnesota made on the uh, $10,000 payback of the uh, tuition?
4: Mm. Do you
0: see this yet? No, not yet one of, I believe, three states in the union, they're going to tax that money at a state level. Are they really? <laughs> yes. You can look it up. They're going to tax it at the full rate of 9.8 percent.
4: I just can't believe I don't, I don't understand that.
0: When you get the 10 G's from the federal government. But
4: you don't you don't get 10000 I know
0: you don't, but you still have to it's pay just, taxes on it. It's just
4: forgiven. So Andy, do when you, you t- look it up? Oh, so it's kind of
2: like capital gain almost? I guess, in but in the some United states full rate. they do tax uh,
1: um, or loan forgiveness. Yeah, I'm wondering. Well, what
4: about what about uh, <laughs> all the politicians? And I assume on both sides, don't
1: we have 10 billion in the
4: bank already? Yes, we do. Well, what so what about federal all the politi- money. It's kind politi- of a one-time deal, but that, that they've got all that money, you know, for, with, with lo- for uh, you know, for forgiving forgiving the loans they got, you know, from the recession. Now, there are
2: 13 states that could, if they so chose tax the loan forgiveness but four of them and of course they will
4: so they treat that as like a capital gain i think so Mm -hmm. yeah wow
1: minnesota has announced they are going on both Uh, i have two opinions about this i I don't think debt student loans is a big problem and you touched on it earlier and i've got four kids in college so i've got a front row seat to this train wreck Yep. And Move. I believe in higher education, and my wife and I's goal is to get all four of them through school. One's done already; is it going to be a teacher, um, without any undergraduate debt. If they want to go to graduate school, then they can. But it's it's hard, and the way it's set up, I, I don't know that the ten thousand dollars does much to right. address That's the real root of the to. problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, reworking loans, and if you look at you know, what the good thing about this is, is that it started a conversation. So you got some people that are going, this sucks, I'm an auto mechanic, I I had to pay for everything, I right. didn't get shit, this is terrible. And then you got other people that goes, look, I had $150,000 worth of debt to get through medical school and because it gets readjusted and I've paid 120 and mm-hmm. I still owe another 150. It's like yeah. none, neither of these are good. No. Um, and the, and what a lot of people don't realize is you can't file bankruptcy even on federal, No, you like the only thing that, and, that and, and I'm not saying everybody should file, should go out and file bankruptcy. That's not my point, but it's, it's to me, the game, the game seems rigged is yeah. the 10 grand help. I don't know that it really does. It probably helps a few people and maybe that's good. But well. I think what would be more beneficial is if they get at the root of the problem, and fix how the whole student loan yeah. thing works well, in, in higher education, education yeah. the loan should be free or a re- reasonable interest rate i mean it should not be a money-making venture but that's and, and you know in I'm most car sort of in way.
4: most countries you can go to college for free yeah, yeah. Uh, you know under certain circumstances under, right, right but there's a there's a path and it still is true uh, that that for the average person the the single greatest thing for upward mobility to lift people up is a college education. Now, you know, a lot yeah, of people... if you look
1: at the GI Bill after World War II, right. that Classic trigger, example. You know, right. one day that I went... Great economic. economic growth.
2: It did.
7: Look, at <laughs> yeah. yeah. you. After That's one right. day,
1: he's a multimillionaire. That's all it took. If he'd gone for four years, <laughs> and, and he'd be with, hanging out with <laughs> George Soros. By the way, the Sunderburg, Minnesota
2: yes. tax on the 10000 is about $1,000. Yeah, so so, yeah. Yeah. 10%. so if, 10%. You, if you get the 10000 in debt relief, Minnesota mm-hmm. could tax you a thousand dollars on that. You so want uh, my prediction? What's going to happen? Sure, hope you got a thousand dollars laying around.
0: Here's my prediction: you get ten thousand dollars. Did I tell you tuition just went up ten grand? That's exactly, exactly what's going to happen. In the well, yeah, of course. It.
4: Well, I think I think though that this has got to be a boost to the economy, right? Um, I mean, all these people who not are if in debt. the college
0: debt... gets all of it.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah, that's the well, thing. Well, the college
0: already got the money. Yeah, yeah they,
4: they got the
1: money from the government. This is the federal loan for you.
0: I have a friend, a very good friend. Mm-hmm who went to a state school, not in the Twin Cities, went to a state school. Uh, when he graduated, uh, I would guess probably about 35 years ago, uh, it was $4,200 a year. Mm. That school is now 100 grand a year. To well, yeah, I yeah.
4: Mean,
2: That's insane. I mean, ultimately the issue is that people are still going. Yeah, you know, yeah, college yeah, is saying great. you have to pay us a hundred thousand dollars a year, and people are saying, "Okay, I will." You I mean, that's the issue.
5: Because we we've, yeah. we've been promoting one one route.
2: Yep, exactly. Yeah, right, and and right.
5: Uh, so one of the things I, we're doing, we're promoting uh, the second route of the trades, and it's not a Plan B. It should never be right. considered Plan B. You can make
2: a lot of money in a trade. Well, a could, lot of money.
5: Let me just share what one one state's doing in, in this one area. They brought vocational education back, and it's a private school dedicated to voc- so you get the general eds of high school. Let's focused on vocational education. They spend time with contractors, builders, uh, renovating dilapidated homes. And once they graduate in three years, they're purchasing the homes they've been working on,
1: Ooh, the low interest like loans.
5: So these 19 year old kids, three birds, with one stone. They're graduating, they're going from uh, basically poverty to prosperity. We're renovating and turning around neighborhoods to make them mm-hmm. middle class neighborhoods again. Wonderful. And uh, it's all public-private, and now these, these guys are uh, earning middle-class wages, populating the trades, what we desperately need, and it is f- probably one of the quickest ways to become an independent business owner mm-hmm. and, and wealth, and not just the, the college pathway.
1: Wh- where is this, Kendall? Birmingham,
5: Alabama. They really? F- they finished, oh, good. They finished one neighborhood because they've been doing it for five years. And then moving on to the second neighborhood now and, and, and turning that one around with these kids.
1: I would not have picked Birmingham. I, I, mm-hmm. I've been there no. once. I remember driving yeah. down there in it's the 90s. Sad. And right when you go into town, there's a big sign that said it was the home of the uh, uh, Confederate government in yeah. the Civil yeah, War, it was, wasn't yeah. it? And they're, they're
5: just... Well, here's what I can tell you about the South. It's not, it's not the South of the 60s. I just got no. back from Nashville. You... Well, well, that's because like
1: everybody in Nashville is from up here now. Well, <laughs> yes, and
5: true. California, that's and right. New York, mm-hmm. and New Jersey, yeah, and Chicago. Yeah, it's true. That's happening all throughout the South. And, oh, uh, is it? Oh, gosh. I, I'm going to write another op-ed on, on, on this one. It's about uh, the Underground Railroad in reverse. Yeah? <laughs> if, if you want freedom. If you, if you want freedom, you know, th- this is where Americans are going. If you don't want an electric car, because California tells you they're not going to yeah. sell anymore after third, right. or if you don't want to be. Told how to live and what mask or whatever, they're going. They're going to the south for freedom. You
1: know, there was a band. They they became famous because they were in Eddie Murphy's Forty Eight Hours called the Bus Boys, and it was an all black rock and roll band. But one of their songs was called "There Goes the Neighborhood." It was about white people moving into the New York city.
0: <laughs> hey, I've been hearing that since I was about three years old. <laughs> you,
4: you know, you know one thing about loan forgiveness is that it's got to help us battle the housing crisis, you know, because people, yeah. that is one big part of it. The How much money you owe is a big factor in how much you can borrow. That's this correct. And we have a terrible housing crisis in this country. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something else. There's a lot of people with a lot of money who don't want that housing crisis to abate. Oh,
0: you're right about that. You're 100% right about that. They're going through some some major major problems all all across America
4: yep. now. Well, mm-hmm. except
0: for in Florida, it's the one place it's not happening. It's yeah. weird, really, because everybody wants to go there now.
4: Yeah, yeah, they they don't have a problem there. Yeah, we have Wendy on the phone. Wendy, Wendy, Wendy.
7: Hello, I figured I'd chime in because I'm totally in the middle of this whole student debt thing, and it's you know you know I have my thoughts on it, but. <laughs> I've been watching, you know, Facebook and seeing what people are saying. And there's a certain group of, you know, there's a lot of us, you know, like myself that are like, you, you shouldn't commit yourself to more than you're going to be able to pay back. And on the other hand, um, you have the people that are screaming that, well, all college should be free. It's like, well, slow your roll. The reason that colleges are so expensive is because, You have to look at what they're charging versus what they have to keep up with. Uh, One big thing is professor salaries. You keep demanding more money. Of course, they're going to have to raise the tuition. However, that said, there are a lot of other things that colleges could cut back on besides classes and still have a decent student experience. Like uh, a, a university somewhere in the area. And that's, you know, they, you know, they were like building this huge new building it's like where'd you get the money for that you know did that building need to be built you know what you had there was fine before at, people at universities like that the planners they have to be fiscally responsible for what they're putting on campus because yeah you can advertise a great product but if you're going to charge people over the edge to get you know to get in and out of it and, and then with students the way the uh, the way when you fill out the FAFSA paperwork, the uh, they're like, okay, well, we can offer you this much in this kind of loan, this much in this kind of loan, and they're both federal loans. So that's what we did. And, you know, my husband and I only had one kid to do this for, but I had just finished a four-year degree in 10 years for myself. Um, but with, you know, graduating with no debt, thankfully, thanks to my work having there, that's another thing if people are working a full-time job and they're going to college look at your workplace see if they have a tuition reimbursement program oh, yeah. see what the yeah. the parameters are the options. that's why i graduated with no debt because a friend of mine told me about it and i took advantage of it it took longer than four years but it got me the degree with no debt and then for my daughter yeah sure we lived like college students for the four years that she was in school Because whatever the, you know, whatever the other loans didn't pay, we'd scrimp and save and pay the balance because we didn't want to have to ever pay loans on it. And when she got out of college, she's just been paying the one loan. And unlike, you know, how they keep pushing the forgiveness when they keep pushing it out to when you have to start paying. Well, she got her book five months after, six months after she graduated. And we sat down and talked about it and said, well... I don't know if they're holding any interest on it. Maybe it would just be better if you started paying. So she started paying right away when she didn't have to. And so now I think she's got like a whole $14,000 left to pay. And we're like, hmm, let's see what's going to happen with this debt forgiveness. Because I figured, you know, sounds pretty crappy to me, but we put out all this much money for her. If she qualifies for it, yeah, I'm going to take that $10,000 for her. I mean, when I don't the, feel guilty uh, about it
1: either. I have two comments. Thanks for calling, by the way. Uh, one of the other problems, and this isn't it's, uh, 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 state schools, but it's really private um, colleges. Yeah. They think used mm-hmm. car salesmen are bad. Uh, the, the way they price they do, this yeah. stuff is unbelievable. Oh, There's, yeah. Well, I mean, it's 55000 Well, I can't afford that. Well, how about forty-eight-nine? Mm-hmm. Would you be comfortable? Could we make you buy? And, and the problem... The reason you can't shop is that you have to qualify. Imagine if you had to qualify to buy stuff on Amazon, Yep. right? right. It, it would be the same thing. Mm-hmm. My second comment, Wendy, is yeah. I'm trying to lose weight. Cool it with the food pictures on
4: Facebook just for a <laughs> month. You're killing <laughs> me. You're killing me. You know, corporations, uh, universities and colleges, they are basically corporations. Yes, absolutely. they are. And they are. Oh, the, first, the first law of any corporation is you just got to keep expanding you got to keep building mm-hmm, you got you got to you know you have to metastasize and, and <laughs> it would be nice if we could put a stop to that and the other thing is one more thing is that i have a solution to many of the problems of colleges uh, and how they can i have a solution if you're looking for colleges and universities to save a lot of money just just stop all intercollegiate sports
0: works for me oh
4: god yeah a lot of money in that huge amount of money and <clears throat> and you know there's like three colleges in the world who make money uh on intercollegiate sports yeah it's bama yeah <clears throat> uh, well notre dame. notre dame oh yeah notre dame, absolutely yes yeah. and in, you know
1: and it now... is interesting that the highest paid state employee in minnesota mm-hmm. is
7: yeah head coach
1: football coach of the u of m mm-hmm. and, and he's know. never That's won anything he's never so won ridiculous. anything it's so ridiculous he's a hell of a salesman though he really is right. oh, well, yeah. he, he could make pretty good money out in the corporate world i would think
5: if, if i can on, the, on this college on this college expense take a look at purdue university mm-hmm. mitch daniels uh took over uh president uh, about uh, 10 years ago he used to be the governor he when immediately we came in he froze tuition i don't believe it's been raised since and he said, look, guys, we're, we're going to go in on this thing. He started cutting overhead. So there's a lot of non-faculty vice presidents and directors. Administration. Right. Yeah. And so he's cut a lot of that overhead. But he said, look, for, if, you're not, if you're coming to the school and you're for a non-STEM degree, we're going to figure out a pathway so you can graduate in three years. And for those of you graduating in engineering and, the, and the other, other type of degree, we, your, your loan won't kick in until your salary becomes $50,000. Hmm. And you won't be charged any interest and in all of that. So um, he he's done some very innovative things. Um, the school's still performing well, and the cost of it has gone down tremendously when all other universities are going up. That's wonderful.
7: What, what do you what do you guys think about the? Because um, one thing that I thought was almost completely useless when I was getting my degree was all of the core classes that all these like you had to take uh, one class out of. Each goal, and they had all these weird classes that I'm. I'm never going to use, and mm-hmm. I never have. I had used to take astronomy because
4: they, Yeah, that's thing, one way around.
7: I had, yeah. take, I had to take world religions, philosophy, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how does that? How does that match my business degree? I mean, literally, if they if they took down the number of those kind of classes, or if they if they offered classes that would fit into the major that you're taking. It, it would be so much better, cost so much less money. And, you know, Doug, I hate to break it to you, but I'm thinking about entering a chocolate cake contest. Oh, so God.
1: God thanks, that. Wendy. <laughs> Here it goes.
7: you up every now and again.
0: Wendy. Thanks for calling the, in, sister. Tip of the chocolate cap
1: you to you.
7: Yeah, um, <laughs> Hey, hey, I'm looking at it. I may need taste testers.
0: Yeah, you'd be a taste tester. That's exactly
1: go. what I should do. It's mm-hmm. a great
0: idea, Andy. I have a question for you.
2: Uh-huh. Do you
0: remember when you and Alex you went to St. Thomas and Alex went to St. Kate's? Yes, I do. Do you remember, remember what your that. yearly tuition
2: was? Uh, probably like twenty. Was twenty thousand something around there? Twenty so to thirty. So it was forty thousand uh, dollars. It sounds about right. Between the two, yeah. I just realized something during that conversation.
0: And I'm not making this up. So you're talking 40000 a year. Okay, well, uh, we got uh, $480,000, right,
2: mm-hmm.
0: over the last 12 years. You if know, I, I had not gotten the... expelled. No, but you know the reason I bring that up? Because every month I auto transfer the money to your mother's checking account to pay for your tuition, and she still gets it. Mm. <laughs> I've been giving her their tuition for 12 years after they got out of college. I have some
1: good news for you. As somebody who's been divorced a couple of
0: times, it's
1: a community property state.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I just—I never even thought of that. I literally been auto transferring <laughs> money to, for 12 years.
2: Hasn't said a word to me it's for graduate
4: school well, a ret-
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a
4: retirement account you know i saw a statistic that kind of shocked me the other day and it, it's it falls into line with this this conversation about upward mobility mm-hmm. it turns out that the vast majority of people with phds mm-hmm. have at least one parent with a phd
1: oh yeah i don't I doubt, it. doubt it
0: that's right i did not know yeah well, where's your phd
1: I, I'm the only, I'm the black sheep of my family. No, it's true yeah. Oh yeah. I've got you know, my father passed away in, in uh, March and we yeah. had a memorial for him in July. and so I got all these family photos from cousins and aunts and uncles. And one of the ones that I remember, and being from New England, we would spend a week or two every summer in Cape Cod at these little cottages. It was the Phi Beta Kappa photo. It was my dad, mm-hmm. his sister, his brother, both my sisters. Three of my cousins.
4: Like, <laughs> you guys are just the most you annoying,
1: pompous sons of bitches I've ever
4: met. <laughs> you know, I, I'm the only gal fan who didn't graduate from college.
0: Oh, is that that's right? That's quite the a only distinction.
4: One? I'm very proud of that.
0: Yeah, but look how far you've come as a writer.
4: Well, that's that's they kind of go hand in hand because while other people were going to class, I was working uh, as a journalist. Yep. Yeah. So I got I, I almost treated the University of Minnesota like a like a trade school, mm-hmm. and, and in a lot of ways I I, I regret that, but the fact mm-hmm. is you know, ADHD and all that stuff, I was never going to get a degree. It was mm-hmm. never going to happen. It's not going to happen. So I did the best I could.
5: Well, I got a PhD actually. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm poor, you did? Really? Poor, poor, hungry, determined. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you got a master's. Come on, I mean you're almost there. I like to hire people with those kind of PhDs. <laughs> yeah. How do we, you know, you've got, a, what, 22 minutes left? Is that Fair. about right? About that. How do we get to where we want to be? Where, where, Again, I bring this up all the time. My mother was an ardent Democrat. She loved being a Democrat. But her cousin, Lamont, was an ardent Republican. He loved being a Republican. They talked politics all the time. Never argued about
6: it. Never
0: they talked back and forth. Didn't always agree on anything, but they loved each other, and so, her leaning where she did, he leaning where he did. It didn't matter. They tried to find something in common, and mm-hmm. they did, right? Because they took the time to find what their commonalities were. Can we do that as a, or is it just there's just too much money to be
5: made, tearing us apart? No. Um. Again, this is going to, have to you know galvanize the quiet giant. I mean, um, you know, once once the bear. Is awaken, and I call them the bear the, the average American people wake up, right? Mm-hmm. There are people. There are Barbara Jordan's. There are Paul Songuses, There there are regular people that fill that feel that position, and whatever party they're at, they're Americans first. Yeah, they understand that's that. Great, <clears throat> and they may have different viewpoints, like Mike, and and but they find some way to drive a country forward, and but not without the uh, vitriol. God, I'd love to see that happen again. Hey, Mike, do you remember the last time that did happen? Me either. No. <laughs> well, now think about it. Right now we have uh, Kristen Cinema and, and um, I can't remember the young ladies from uh, Hawaii. Oh, you're talking about uh, 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 Tulsi. I, Tulsi Gabbard? Is that the
0: woman you're talking about? Yes, yes. Yeah, I voted for her for president, actually. I wrote her in. Yeah. yeah. And then she, why did the Democrats get so pissed off at her? They um, threw her out of the party, no, basically. No, she,
4: she went really far right. Oh, I did mean, she I mean, she didn't just go conservative. She went really far when?
0: right. When? It was after the election. Yeah,
4: I think it was she was angry because they wouldn't let her on the stage, and so she said, screw them. And, oh. And that's, you know, that's Why wouldn't they let her on the stage? Well, remember, there was a limit, and you had to pull a certain amount well, to be... I it's
1: mean, that's it's just like American Idol. Is basically yeah, American right. Idol. it's American well, Idol. It, it it's a good turned point. You got of voted that. off the island. <laughs> and yeah. the woman who wrote the books, I'm like, interesting person, but... Well, remember, this is a possible president. Remember, candidate?
4: we did elect a reality star, so the well, yeah, so the metaphor right. is a, a fairly apt one. Yeah. Very true,
0: but yeah. I, I voted for her because she was very she was an, a centrist <laughs> until the election.
6: I know that. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you: The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. TuneIn, Pocket Casts, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's picks.
4: You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable.
0: It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable.
4: Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com.
0: Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com. That's shift, the number 2, sell.com. Because life is expensive enough.
4: Well, I mean, the first president that that I was aware of was Eisenhower. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And... He could have just as easily run as a Democrat. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. So that's yeah. how different things were when I popped out of yep. the womb. You
0: know. Did you pop out? I well, kind of slid out.
4: No, not really. I, I, I grudgingly came out. <laughs> and I, and I, I'll, I'll tell you just, just you know how bright I was at an early age. I, I opened my eyes, looked up, saw my mother, and I said, "Not you again."
5: Not you <laughs> again. Yeah. Inside out, sister. So tell me if I may. You, There's a great book, it's called All About Me. It's um, Mel, uh, geez, he wrote um, Blazing Saddles and- uh, Mel Mel Brooks. Brooks. Mel Brooks. You remind me so much of Mel Brooks. Oh, don't no, give him that big a compliment. <laughs> now i got to put up with him for the rest Probably of my it's life. It's a great book. <laughs> oh, and, and his start in life is, sounds
0: very much like yours. So, <laughs> I love Mel Brooks. Yeah, he's yeah, great. Genius. Yeah. You're not a genius. Shut up.
1: No, I'm
4: right. not.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, no, and the fact that a guy that looks like that could wind up marrying Ann Bancroft. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. I salute That's you, That's America again, <laughs> <laughs> <Could he> baby.
4: <be? laughs>
0: right there. Well, hey, look yeah. where you and I ended up. Not too bad. Close
4: second, yep. Well, you know, I've I've heard it said many times. You know that there's nothing women find more alluring than uh, than a very intelligent guy and a sense of humor. And yeah, that's true. And I say that's true if you add a couple million to the right,
0: a couple million bucks doesn't <laughs> yeah. that hurt. That's and, very uh, very but true.
4: I, so I lack a couple of those things.
0: <laughs> <laughs> there are two things swinging to miss. Uh, Can we ever get our politicians to talk the way we're talking here? Not everybody at this table agrees on politics. I mean, we're kind of all over the board, but we're having a nice conversation, and everybody in the world can hear it if they want to. Mm -hmm. I mean, can we do this? Can we we develop more groups like the five of us where we can have, like I said, nice discourse, have a conversation? We differ in opinion, but we leave here today, I'm still going to be mike gelfands well i don't know if i'll be your great but you'll be my friend so you know that's different. i i i, agree. I think the mutual. worst thing
1: that we can do is stop talking to each other i, I couldn't that, agree more we're totally they're screwed I, as you know and you don't know this about me but my wife and i have a boat that we keep in a marine in hastings and we've got quite a community on our dock it sounds goofy but they it's are really, great they're very nice. we're closer to those people than our neighbors and we've got some hardcore right-wingers and some far lefties. And in 2020, it was rough. And yeah. so we finally said, okay, here's the deal. We're going to kill each other if we do this. So no more politics. right you want to hang out in the club and right. have cocktails? Talk whatever. And and at first it was hard. And now somebody will wander over from another do- This just happened two weeks ago. Oh, God. Started picking on, uh, you know, let's go Brandon and all this sort of stuff. And one of the Trump supporters went, did it? We don't talk about that here. Get out. I'm like, okay. good. That's better. I mean, mm. I think we should be able to talk about stuff. But if not, it, when we stop talking to each other, it's
4: Well, yeah. And, it's and, terrible. And, and one thing I think we can agree on is we are not trending in the right direction. No, no, we are
0: not. No way. But, you know, to follow your lead, as you know, you haven't been there yet, but Mike, Michael Bryant has shown up uh, for them. Uh, we moved to a new neighborhood two years ago. And all of our neighbors, we get together. We can get together. They brought. There was a lawn chair in somebody's driveway, and somebody went and sent another one. This is two years ago, and now last week, uh, there were 20 people sitting around in a circle from our neighborhood. We do not argue about anything. Mm-hmm. We don't talk politics. We just talk about the happiness that we have, yeah. kind of what you're talking about. Yep. But 20 people sitting there, and nobody got angry. We all just want to live together. They were the same people that showed up in, in the uh, suite on, yeah. on Tuesday night. They Though
1: None of them, they, they all laughed when I booed you, but none of them had joined. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if we, got, if we could have got 30 people up there. booing. Boo- you would have started
0: laughing. I would have laughed hard. <laughs> well,
1: you,
4: you know, and you see that kind of comity in, in my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons it stays that way is they won't let me near them. See,
0: <laughs> well, we do have the no Jew rule, that's true. Oh, I mean. no, 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 it's not that. <laughs> I know it's not that, believe me.
4: It's not Jew right.
0: enough. <laughs> See, that should be... Now, right there, mm-hmm. comedy needs to make a comeback, too. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they're going after Chris Rock now, they're shredding him. They're
4: going you know, after what? Chris Rock? Yeah. What did he do? Yeah, I, I don't understand that.
0: I don't... Do, do you? Have you seen the... References to it, yeah. Huh. He, they're going after him like he's the devil
4: because
1: he did.
0: He because made a he got, joke
2: about uh, O.J. Simpson's girlfriend, yeah, Nicole
0: Brown Simpson, Nicole, yeah, and something about. Well, he got hit by Will Smith. And they asked right. him about it, so he said, "Yeah, it hurt. It hurt a lot. The guy actually did hit me, and all the rest of it." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, what did he say? It's like Nicole. Brown he said, Simpson. "Me
2: going back to the Oscars would be like Nicole going back to the house where OJ killed her, or something like that." <laughs> it's <laughs> maybe well, not his best joke. Well, but you know you don't. It doesn't even really make sense because it. it's like, what are you talking about? A ghost? I don't get it. My
1: Similes favorite Chris Rock routine.
2: Dreams. This was yeah, yeah, they really Fifteen
1: are. years ago, when when I actually twenty years ago when my daughter was born, Chris Rock did a routine about fathering uh, daughters. Yes. He goes, your yep. number one job is to keep her off the pole.
0: <laughs> yeah, yes, I remember. Keep her funny. off the pole, man. we got to let our comedians tell jokes, don't we?
1: <laughs> I, I agree.
0: They can't tell jokes anymore. Nothing's funny anymore.
1: A lot anymore. of them won't go to co- where colleges anymore. Oh, not anymore. That used to be a pretty big circuit for
2: them. Yeah. Well, for the last, like, what two years that we kept having comedians on? They just come in and they just be in a bad mood and talk about how everything sucks and then they leave. It's like of course,
4: comedians <laughs> exactly. tend
2: to lean that way
1: anyway. Well, they're it's true. They're
4: very tired. Yeah, it's true. too early. They've been up all night. Too it's early. They've <laughs> been mm-hmm. drinking. I they're mean, hungover. You know. It's yeah. Well, it's... And once
2: we moved out of the Itasca building, we didn't have an open bar anymore. So you know, it helps. That oh, did, the that open didn't... bar did help. Oh yeah, they sure went through that pretty quick.
0: I will tell you the the. The thing that really bothers me a lot right now, and it's true, because when I was, I think, 15, the one thing that pisses me off about this, Kendall, is I cannot say the name of one album that Richard Pryor did. That pisses me off, because everyone's got the big N in it. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So I can't even, hey, do you have the, uh, never mind. (laughs) But
5: there's no way he'd, he'd be successful today. Not a chance. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, was it, it was George Carlin basically got his HBO special because he said all the things you weren't allowed to say. Right, right. Seven, right? Seven, seven words you can't say on TV. In say, fact, yeah. George Carlin, so the former AG, Bill Barr and Carlin went, went to the same right. Catholic, Catholic school. Really? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. Um, Carlin's, Carlin's a little bit older. But there's going to have to be, and Dave Chappelle's almost doing this now, there's going to have to be one. That's going to just forge through. I hope so. So, Screw you guys. I'm going to say all these things. I'm glad Chappelle isn't
1: backing down. I
5: agree. And and there's, there's going to be more. I'll tell you, America's going to be coming back. Because everyday people so. are sick of what's going on here today. I thought of one of my favorite Richard Pryor lines ever:
0: that if uh, if the family in The Exorcist had been black, it would have been a whole <laughs> different story. <laughs> the dad walks yes. in the rooms; he's flopping around, and they go, "Bitch, what's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that anymore. No, I no. mean, come on! It's a joke, for God's sake.
4: Well, you know, the last couple of years were really, really tough on comedy. Oh, yeah, sure really were. bad. For a right? lot of reasons, but really obviously hard. one was, you know, most of the clubs were God. not not open, mm. so yeah. well, that nothing, really hurt. Yeah, not
5: only that, I mean, you don't even see good comedy films anymore. No, they, they don't. You know don't. How to write, no,
4: so, no, God,
2: I don't know right? the last really good comedy I saw. Yeah. We mm-hmm. got one? Anybody got an idea? What was the last really, I think
0: well, it might wasn't, have been Blazing Saddles? It wasn't,
4: or it wasn't really that kind of comedy, but uh, yeah, a great movie. That's very recent is licorice pizza. Is it really good? It's terrific.
0: Uh, maybe I gotta give that a whirl because I got nothing to do for the oh, next Oh you nine will days. enjoy
4: it. Be, it's not political in any way. Oh good, because um, I can't use it. And it's not it's not ha ha funny, but it's warm. I like warm.
1: Warm's so what's not bad. the what's the story?
4: Well, it's it's a story about a about a like a fifteen year old kid who is enamored of this twenty five year old woman. And they have this long journey. He's, a, he's like a hustler. He's a, he's a small-time actor. But, of course, he, he portrays himself as a, as a major star. And he's always, like, one step ahead. He's, he's trying to get aboard all the trends. So, like, you know, he, he opens up a pinball arcade. When pinball, oh, really? when pinball is legalized in L.A., because this goes back to the 1970s. I was going to say, when does this take place? It, it takes place in, like, 1970. And uh, so he's always he's always trying to get ahead of head of the curve economically, but it's really about it's really about the the weird relationship between the two, and they're obviously they're incredibly different. And by the way, she happens to be a very attractive Jewish no, woman. Oh, really. Yeah. And uh, hard to believe. And uh, but you know you, you, it's just it's just really it's just I mean I, I laughed a lot, and but more I guess probably I've smiled more than I laughed, and for me that's something.
0: That is a huge thing for you to be smiling.
4: Mike. Yeah, and no, you you will enjoy it. I mean, it's. Th- I'm pretty sure it got rave reviews. I haven't read the reviews. I just saw the movie, and but it really came out of nowhere for me. Well,
0: I got to. I, I, hey, look, I got like ten days in a row off. I need some movies to watch, baby.
4: And you like it because it's long. Oh
0: God, I hate <laughs> that long movies. You
4: know, I
0: just realized it's something not three first hours. First time. Well, thank God. First time in my life, I just realized something. Talking about comedy. There are prejudices in comedy, and I have mm-hmm. them, because I only laugh at Jews, Black people, <laughs> Irish, and Italian comics. Other than that, you can have. <laughs> well, what else you, is there? That's how I grew up, though. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, people do not understand. I.
1: You like Bob Newhart, though.
0: I did like. He's Bob about wasp. Yeah, he's they about get. as waspy as he <laughs> He's they get. more You're of I... a wasp than I but am. But he is such a night. Nice, he wasn't. He's still around, isn't he? Boy, if he is, he's got to he, be in his. I think he still 90s. is. I think yeah. he is, but he's got to be in his. Deep '90s, I would think. But the, these days, they gave, the in the the cu-
1: they gave him the award at the uh, Kennedy oh, Center,
4: yeah? and Stephen Wright cited him as oh, a huge. Influence. God, I love Stephen Wright. The only difference today with Newhart is the stammering is not a bit. No, no you're <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you're right.
1: But I can't yeah. believe you went after Bob Newhart, Mike. That's low. Uh, e- yeah, way to go, oh, I, Mike. Hey, but I, it was good.
4: I always enjoyed him. Yeah, a very funny guy. But you know, we went we went from Lenny Bruce, where, where everything started. Yeah, that's
0: where everything started in comedy in America. You're you, right. You
4: know, and then and then we got to Chris Rock and Chappelle, and so there's it's you're been right. an interesting uh, timeline there.
0: I think it's fantastic, but it kind of shows you where comedy comes from. In general, mm-hmm. comedy comes from outsiders. And It yeah. also comes from pain and from pain and and a lot of poverty. Mm-hmm. Oh. I mean, there's no question about that. You got to. Chris be...
1: Rock grew up on Long Island. He's not poor.
0: I'm not saying that they all work okay. or I'm just saying a lot of comedy Yeah, there's um,
4: still that legacy of anger and Eddie did. Too, too. I thought he said just... he
0: grew up in he grew up in Bed-Stuy. No, yeah. He so what to... he's always claimed. Well, let's see. He's going to look her up. Now for our, uh <laughs> exciting
1: episode of Andy looks up shit on the internet for well, He was for born old in
2: Andrews, South Carolina, whatever that well, that's is. That's different. Mm-hmm. Uh Georgetown and Williamsburg counties. I don't know anything about South Carolina, so no, I can't neither. really speak to that. He went to James Madison High School in Brooklyn. Uh, I
0: think he grew up in Bed-Stuy, Pally.
2: Yeah, I mean, you I could did. be wrong. Bed
5: he, St- I, I
0: remember oh, his no, first
5: night on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I do too.
2: Yeah, they did. Um, he grew up in Bed-Stuy? Yeah, he, yeah after when he was like three or four, they settled there.
0: Once again, they have to carry yeah. Uh, you know, the, the vast why you knowledge. make the big dough? <laughs> the, Kendall? The we got a we
1: knowledge. got a few minutes left. Well, sorry for this. You asked what the show was like, and it's almost impossible to describe. <laughs> you it. Now what? you know, and it goes by pretty fast. So, yeah. what are you working on currently? What do, What do you want to talk about? Yeah,
5: you know, we, we have a, a nonprofit called Take Charge, and, and basically, the, our mission statement is very simple: that the promise of America works for everyone, regardless of race, regardless of station in life we've lost how to get there for everyone. And anyway, now yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm going around and helping um, people to get there and especially in the black community. Um, I'm saying, look, we didn't used to live like this and we're getting more and more people. And in fact, I got a call yesterday, someone wants to open a take charge chapter in Philadelphia. Um, our message resonates because it's getting back to the basics of faith, family and education. Uh, regardless of what your faith is and regardless of uh, your station in life, getting a, a solid education is that pathway and so that's what we're working on
1: so is it takecharge.org
5: no it's takechargemn.com
1: okay mn.com i saw the website it's really quite good
5: actually we have the largest number of black americans um that denounce critical race theory denounce black lives matter and and love the country and talk about the need to get back to basics in the country
0: that's wonderful to hear
5: i like that should i tell them my
0: ralph story I went to high school North Minneapolis North. I'm 16 years old, and my uh, my buddy Ralph, black man in America today, about six four, weighed about 240. Wow. As a sophomore in high school, this is a big fella, right?
1: Did you call him Ralph, Ralph, not Sir. Uh,
0: well, yeah, exactly. But I remember he said, "Hey Tommy, I got to talk to you for a second. because he'd never call me Tom. He would not, I, no matter what, he would not call me Tom. Because what did he of call him? you, Tommy? Okay. There's no Uncle Toms. <laughs> <laughs> it not going to happen, you know. But he takes me aside one time. We walk down the hall. He goes, Tommy, i got to tell you something. I mean, his voice is like this and he's 16 years old, right? He goes, Tommy, i got to tell you something, man. Well, two things, actually. You know, you're a very, very funny man. Well, don't ever make fun of me. <laughs> Rookie, <laughs> you got it
7: He liked to laugh,
0: but not about it It was a great experience. One thing I will tell everybody, you know, you can think about the North Side, North uh, High School and all the rest of it. I loved it. because Maybe mm-hmm. it's because I didn't know any better or whatever, maybe. But I loved it. I loved growing up around, like I said, Irish, Italians, Jews, Black people—I just loved it.
2: Well, I don't think schools were as violent and chaotic back then as they are now. They were now. not. They're
0: though. not.
4: Well, they my mother not. loved North High.
5: Oh yeah, yeah.
4: She graduated from North.
5: See, there you go, man. And I, I had guys tell me that they used to go into Black neighborhoods, and they, these guys were white, and they were delivering uh, either you know newspapers or other type of stuff, and they would go around with like the little money changer belt, mm-hmm. you Yeah. Know, mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't and seen they, one of those in a while. And and he's they would go and just you know collect collect the bills and make the change and he's they they felt selling they felt safe because there there were families yeah. in these neighborhoods
0: that we have to restore. You made a great point. That is the whole thing, and I've been watching it since what what has it been now the mid, early no God it was the late sixties right. Yeah. Uh, the same situation. We had family after family after family, and then all of a sudden it just changed and everything was completely different. Right. Which was sad to see. Yeah. Because I do, man. My memories of that neighborhood. Matter of fact, it's kind of funny because I drove through there today. I drive through my old neighborhood about once a week, just kind of check it out and make sure that everything's still cool and all the rest of it. Now, the 43 houses I lived in in my youth, because we moved whenever the rent came due, we had to move. But there's only, I think, three of them left. All the rest have been torn down. Uh, it needs help. Yeah. North Minneapolis needs help, and I would love to figure out a way to help them because, man, it's not a lot of nice houses over there anymore, you know? It's unfortunate. And that, that area, the, the, what used to be literally called the Jewish area,
4: mm-hmm. yeah. from
0: Penn Avenue west, well, it
4: was the ghetto, it was the shtetl.
0: The shtetl, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. But, uh, man, I'd love to hear that you were coming in today. We've talked before, but it's really nice to finally meet you. And what I really, really enjoyed is the political attitude and thought uh, at this table is not all the same. Nobody got went after one another.
1: They should listen to this
0: show and move they on. They should. Don't you Who
1: think? Who ever thought we'd be in a, a positive influence? <laughs> <laughs> How did that ever happen? That was not in my high school yearbook, I'll tell
0: you what. How did most, we become a, beacon, be for a I... beacon for democracy? A beacon for democracy right here. <laughs>
1: The shiny city on the hill, that's us. That's
0: us. It's true.
1: I think that wraps up this great episode of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Uh, the podcast is on vacation next week. Is yep. that right?
0: Yep, next week it is. Kendall no
1: podcast. You can come listen to all the talk old talking. episodes. Thank you. Thank, you. Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks so much, sir, for being on the show.
0: Thank you. Thanks, everybody. You did a great show. Mike, Andy, seriously, I loved this show today because it gave a great example of you don't have to agree on everything. You can still get along. Mm
1: take us out, Andy. See, See you.
4: It's the American way. Yep. <laughs>